And so when we talk about one in three females with infertility, that's just an expression of the lack of fertility of the soil itself, earth itself. And so in this brilliant and beautiful way, biology has actually created one organism, and it's called earth. And that one organism has expressed life in so many beautiful millions of variants. And it's been progressing in its intelligence and its diversity and its capacity for adaptation over four billion years through five extinctions. Like it's this this machine just keeps going and every time there's a quote unquote bad event, an extinction, things simply get more beautiful, more intelligent, more vibrant than it had ever been before. And so it's very exciting to think that, okay, we are the existential threat on the earth right now. But for the stress that we've put on the earth, there's going to be equal and opposite, in fact, rebound effect that will far exceed the beauty that we see right now. So in perhaps even a couple hundred years, but certainly in millions of years, due to the stress we've put on the environment at large, there's going to be new species of flowers, trees, bushes, animals, and there's going to be a new form of intelligence on the planet. And whether that's in human form or not is kind of juries out. We're not sure yet. Part of me gets kind of excited about imagining like we went from reptiles to to birds. We went from reptiles to humans with the last extinction. What does it look like for this big extinction? What do we jump to from human to what? Mm -hmm. you know? And humans basically were a technological advancement at the genetic code and therefore at the anatomical level from primates. But it could have easily as much happened to octopi. Mm-hmm. Extremely intelligent neurologic Aliens. system. A few more inserts of, of genetic sequences from viruses due to the stress of extinction. And the next iteration of the smartest creatures on the earth that could be light years ahead of where we are now could be some descendant of an octopus. <laughs> so I'm down. It's like, yeah, it would octopus be beautiful. Octopus are so cool. They're so cool. Literally, my octopus teacher was amazing. Yeah, I was curious about it, and I kind of, you kind of answered it, but it seems like when we talk about an extinction event that it doesn't seem like something that scares you it kind of seems like a new opportunity or a new like how do you I guess relate to that and how do you find yourself in a position where you can talk about that sort of matter of fact and with like a lens of hope I actually got that last you know couple of sentences there around the possibility of the octopi actually comes from Craig Foster I was just swimming with him with uh, oh, off no the way. coast of South Africa and uh, so we spent a day together again swimming in the kelp forest together and we were pondering that this exact thing uh, we it's such cold water it's unbelievable and wow. so you're out there and you're swimming trunks in uh, 13 degree water out there and you swim for 45 minutes and your core body temperature is so low and in that high dopamine state you realize that it's only through the lens of the human perception that we're the most important thing oh. that extinction looks like a really bad thing and when you start to go under the water and you experience this whole other universe that terrestrial eyes just can't comprehend the color schemes don't make any sense so you got these fluorescent oranges and purples and phosphorescent things and like just does not compute to to a land-based creature you realize that nature has such exquisite design such exquisite capacity for creativity such a drive towards beauty that there's absolutely nothing to worry about. 
and you, you've seen it happen where human behavior stops and one thing and nature comes roaring back. And so nature will come roaring in as soon as humans let our knee off the throat of biology here. And when we do release that and, and we stop the othering and not only racism towards one another, the racism of other races, the other species, whether they be terrestrial, extraterrestrial under the ocean, extraterrestrial above the you know, sky, what, wherever life is coming from that's not in our little narrow plane is going to be beautiful, is going to be intelligent no matter what, because life is iterative. Life always gets more intelligent, more biodiverse over time. And so that's how I think I find the peace of like, look for the beauty and realize that the beauty is not of humans and is not dependent on humans. And in the end, aren't we part of that beauty? And aren't we the expression of the stress of the last extinction? Aren't we the beautiful result of stress and death and regeneration that would come out of it? And so when you start to see life as an organic process of composting, the old gives birth to the new. And it does it in such an exuberant fashion that it's kind of out of control. One oak tree falls in the forest. You do DNA sequencing on that oak. Every single cell in there has the DNA of oak tree, the whole trunk. But within one year, you go sequence that oak trunk again, and there's 100,000 species. And so for one species to be able to transform into 100,000 species with the energy of its mem memory of life is pretty eloquent and really releases the fear. And if you've had the opportunity, which fewer and fewer people, unfortunately, are having the opportunity of being with somebody in the dying process, but if you have been gifted with the opportunity to be at the bedside with somebody who's in transition, I hope that you've gotten to realize just how magnificent the other side might be because you get to glimpse it oftentimes at that bedside and somebody starts to come back from the other side with information of how beautiful it is or who they're talking to. And you realize, wait, they're talking to Aunt Thelma. She hasn't been here for 50 years. Like, how are they sitting there having conversation with her? What does that mean about our perception of reality? You know, And so we live in this veil and we start to interpret and make decisions and, and pretend or perhaps sincerely believe that everything we see is the reality of the, the universe when in fact we're just seeing this little infinitesimally small slice of it and so I get excited. I get excited that there's 2.5 trillion galaxies. That's a new discovery. Then we're off by a couple of logarithms when we had Hubble. And now we've got the James Webb Telescope that's giving us a much deeper look into the cosmos. And we had 100x our estimates of, of these things. So it's really exciting to me. Like Life is so indelible. It's so unstoppable. Mm -hmm. it's so creative mm -hmm. and it's just the juiciness of the universe you know and it's truly irrepressible and so anytime you knock it down it's going to pop up somewhere else more smart more beautiful more exuberant to be itself and uh, I hope we get to be a part of that rebirth uh, and uh, I think that we can be a part of the next thing and, and there's going to be an end of our current belief systems, our current philosophies, our current biology. But doesn't mean we can't transmute and doesn't mean we can't get more complex in our genetic code, in our biologic sequences that come out of that genetic code. We can become a, a different version of human. And for that, we might find out in a couple hundred years, a couple million years, that 
the biggest gift to humanity was this moment that we chose to go through the, the valley of death here so that we could come out a new new set of beings with a new capacity for resilience, creativity, design, exploration, adventure, and ultimate compassion. And as we reach past empathy and become compassionate, uh, I think we're going to be a different species. And trying, instead of trying to go on each other's emotional journeys, recognize the emotional journey. Don't try to take it on as your own. Recognize that emotional journey. Acknowledge it. Give grace to that person for what they're going through. And then together, move forward with without that vibration, having processed through that vibration together. And then we can move through traumas without carrying that into our children. We can move past the victim-perpetrator model that we persist and really become a new expression of, of grace, perhaps. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.